Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. Guys, I want to apologize for the audio last week. I uh, recorded that episode and went to play it back and I realized, uh uh-oh, operator error. Uh, Once again, as you've probably noticed at various points uh, in my particular podcast, I used the wrong microphone. So apologize for that, but uh, back using the correct one. Um, Let's just say that I'm not as tech savvy as I wish I was. But I'm using the right microphone with um, a proper mixer and everything this week. Anyways, welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We have been going through First John for much of the podcast this season, and we'll continue to do so. Of course, we do have some other topics occasionally lined out as well. But we're in the middle of First John chapter 2 this week. We covered verses 1 through 11 last week. We're going to look at verses 12 through 17 this week. Again, this will be a three-parter in uh, chapter 2. So we're looking at verses 12 through 17. Just a quick recap of what we've covered so far in 1 John. You remember chapter 1, Jesus Christ, our eternal God, the, the Word of Life. John had clearly seen Jesus with his eyes and had looked upon him. He had handled him with his hands and So he and the other apostles, they knew that Jesus, in fact, did resurrect from the dead. They were firmly convinced of it. And so the facts of the gospel of Jesus Christ are beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's no reason to doubt them whatsoever. They are 100% factual. And again, many of the apostles went to their deaths uh, for the crime, if you will, of believing the gospel. And uh, we believe that all of the apostles, with the exception of of Judas Iscariot, of course, and then the Apostle John, uh, having died uh, deaths as martyrs for Christ. Also, we find in chapter 1 that Christians have fellowship with God, and uh, we also have fellowship with one another. And in order to continue to maintain that fellowship, we have to continue walking in the light of Jesus Christ. We have to be willing to admit, as we saw at the end of chapter 1, we have to be willing to admit that we sin from time to time, and so we need to confess those sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth of God is not in us. Moving on to what we talked about last week from the first part of chapter 2, John wrote to Christians essentially saying that we should not be sinning, But if and when we do sin from time to time, again, we will slip up from time to time, and we have to admit that. If and when we do, then as part of walking in the light of Christ and repenting when we do slip up, confessing those sins, then Christ is our advocate with the Father. He's the best defense attorney that there ever was or ever will be, and we can be thankful for that. Jesus is the propitiation for sin. He is the appeasement for sins, the sacrifice for our sins, and we can know that we know Jesus Christ if we are living our lives in keeping with his commandments. Finally, we also talked about last week the new commandment, but it really wasn't anything new per se, and that is that we are to love one another. Of course, uh, that has always been a commandment for all time. Uh, We are to love God and love one another. But uh, brand new in the sense that we always need a fresh reminder of the commandment to love one another. So picking up there, we come to 
verse number 12. And we're going to notice, first of all, verses 12 through 14. John further expounds upon his reason for writing this this first epistle. And uh, that is really in keeping with the assurance that John wants us to have in Christ. If we look carefully at the first three verses here, again, verses 12 through 14, we're going to notice some very interesting things, some very peculiar things. And a lot of questions and comments have been raised by commentators down through the centuries on these peculiar verses, verses 12 through 14. So I'll go ahead and read them. John says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. So John uses the present present tense here. He says, I write to you three times in verses 12 through 13. And then he changes to the past tense. I I think it's past perfect if I if my grammar uh, if I recall correctly. But he says I have written to you uh, three times as well. Now, if you're reading the King James version or the New King James version, you'll see uh, I write to you four times, and I have written to you only two times. But uh, looking at it in the Greek, I, I believe it's actually correct and would properly be translated. Three times uh, I write to you, and then another three times I have written to you. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But regardless, why does John do this here? Well, we don't need to overthink it, and I don't know that we can say with certainty, but it appears that John says, I write to you, or maybe I am writing to you. It, It could also be translated, which is present tense. Maybe John is referring to this epistle that we're reading right now, Versus when John says, I have written to you, that poses an interesting question. Had John perhaps written another epistle before uh, that we don't have? Uh, Maybe just another correspondence with the Christians that he's talking to. Uh, Some people think that's a a possibility. I've got a commentary from Brother Guy in Woods. I think he disagrees with that. But some people have wondered that maybe uh, there was a prior letter. You know, sometimes when you're reading uh, Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians, I think it talks about at one point that there was a prior letter uh, there as well. So possibility, but uh, just something interesting to think about there. But also thinking about the different terms that John uses here, another peculiarity is he uses the terms little children, fathers, and young men. So why do we think that John brings up these three different groups? Well, I think he's speaking in spiritual terms. I think he's talking about spiritual children, spiritual fathers, uh, if you will, and spiritual young men. Brother Guy in Woods, uh, in the commentary that I've read on this, he thinks that it's talking about different levels of maturity, if you will, or different ages, if you will, of Christians. So children would be those who are young in the faith, uh, young men being a little more seasoned, and fathers, if we can call them that, uh, being the most seasoned in the faith. That's that's a possibility, I suppose. But regardless, let's see what John has to say to these various 
Christians mentioned here, these various groups of Christians. Verse number 12, little children. Why is he writing to little children? Because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Oh, how the children of God need to remember and rejoice that our sins have been forgiven for Christ's name's sake. That's what the gospel is all about, the forgiveness that God offers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we need to be mindful of that. You know, sometimes I think people tend to dwell on their past sins and the mistakes that they made in their past, and then they become a Christian, but they can't release the guilt that they have for the things that they did in their past life. Well, Christ wouldn't have it to be so. We we can uh, rejoice in being forgiven for Jesus's name's sake, and that is a wonderful, comforting thought. Verse 13, fathers, why does John write to fathers? Because you have known him who is from the beginning. Again, we talked about last week, I think it was, or maybe it was a week before, God is eternal, and we can know the eternal God through obedience to his gospel. Young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Of course, who is the wicked one? That's the devil. And certainly we we must overcome him if we want to have hope of eternal life. Little children, again, because you have known the Father, God in heaven, and uh, you know you just stop and think about the things that John is writing here in verse 12, verse 13, and Verse 14, it sounds like John's giving us a pep talk, doesn't it? Uh, he's encouraging Christians to remember where we've come from and where we are now, now that we have access to the blood of Christ. Verse number 14, fathers again, why does John write to them? Because you have known him who is from the beginning. Again, we we know the eternal God. And then young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. Christians, we need to remember that the word of God is to abide in us. Colossians 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. We we are to sing properly according to Colossians 3 verse 16. And the way that we sing properly is because we have the Word of God dwelling in our hearts. Therefore, the things that we read, or the things that we sing, rather, in uh, man-written hymns, let's say, we need to make sure that they correspond with the truth of God's Word. So an important teaching there in Colossians 3, verse 16, but it all boils down to the fact that we have to let the Word of God dwell in us. Uh, otherwise, we would not even be able to, to handle that uh, in our singing. And you have overcome the wicked one. Uh, John finishes telling young men there in verse number 14. This is the second time that he says this to young men. Uh, you have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the devil. So John basically, regardless of our spiritual age, if you will, he reminds all Christians of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Well, finally, for this week, we want to look at verses 15 through 17. Do not love this transient, sinful world. Verse number 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
So is John saying that we can't sing like uh, Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World? Should we not look at the beauty of the world around us in, in love with God's creation? Is that what John is teaching here? Should we not love the people of this world? Uh, after all, God does in John 3, verse 16, for instance. Well, that's not what John's talking about. He's not talking about look, looking down on God's creation in a derogatory manner or uh, looking at the uh pinnacle of God's creation, mankind, and, and looking down on that. What, what John is saying here is that we should not love the world more than we love God. We should not uh, make an idol out of the things of this world, and certainly we are not to love the sinful things of this world. We live in this world, but this world is not our home, as we often sing. Uh, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, John says. Matthew 6, verse 33, I'm reminded where Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In that context, and dealing with the, the worries that we typically have as, as human beings and the things that we need for this life, Jesus teaches us that we're to seek first the kingdom of God. The other things that we have need of, God knows that we have need of those things, and he will provide things that we need while we live in this world. But we should not be living our lives uh, with this world only in view. We should be living, living our lives uh, with the next life primarily in our view. Verse number 16 John says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So everything, John, everything, all that is in the world, again, John is not hating on God's creation here. He's, he's pointing out we're not to be involved with the sinful things of the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, three broad categories in which all sins can be categorized into one of those three. Uh, we are not to be of those things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, the lust of the flesh being things that appeal to the flesh, which are sinful things. Uh, there's an old word in the Bible called concupiscence, that is uh, evil fleshly desires. Uh, that would be an example of lust of the flesh. But then also lust of the eyes, things that we can see with our eyes that oftentimes lead to those lusts of the flesh. And so uh, both of these are off limits for Christians. Also off limits for Christians would be pride, pride of life, uh, pridefulness in general or arrogance, haughtiness, whatever we want to call it. The Bible teaches that uh, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, a proud look is one of the seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter 6. And uh, I'm also reminded of Romans chapter 12 it is, I believe, where we are taught uh, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. So three broad categories of sin, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, the Apostle John tells us we're not to be involved in these things. They are not from God. They are from this world. Well, what is happening to this world? Verse number 17, and uh, the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who, who does the will of God abides forever. If you are banking your investments, if you will, your energies, your happiness, 
on sinful things, well, those things are going to be burned up on the day of judgment. They're going to melt with fervent heat. You know, the elements will melt with fervent heat. You might remember we talked about this when we discussed uh, First and Second Peter a couple of, of seasons ago. Have you ever thought about the melting point of various elements uh, in the earth? Just go look up the melting point of, of uh, carbon and uh, various other elements, gold, silver, and you'll see that the fervent heat that's, go- that's going to come on Judgment Day is truly going to be catastrophic and terrifying when you think about it. So the things of this world, they're going to melt. They're going to burn on the Judgment Day. They're not going to last. And so we need to be setting our mind rather on things above. We need to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, uh, not on earth where moth and rust corrupts and, and eventually everything will be burned up. But this is an important uh, transition here as John takes us back to who we are. He says, but he who does the will of God abides forever, and that is a pleasant thought indeed. Again, that is the promise of eternal life that we have if we're faithful Christians walking in the light of Christ. Hopefully you have obeyed the gospel if you're listening to this. I imagine most of of the listeners to the Everyday Christian podcast have probably done that, but it may be the case that you haven't. I certainly would encourage you to go back to uh, last season where Tagalima Asine and I, we we talked about the plan of salvation. Go listen to those uh, six episodes, I think it was, maybe seven, and uh, listen to those and make sure that you obey the gospel if you've never done that so that you can have access to the spiritual blessings that are located in Christ, Ephesians 1 verse 3. Compare that with Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. We have access to the wonderful truth of the gospel. We have access to wonderful manifold blessings and peace and and joy, uh, true happiness that is in Christ because of our hope of eternal life with God in heaven one day. Think about that as we end the episode for this week. Lord willing, we will continue next week and we'll finish up 1 John chapter two on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.